2: See you in Pittsburgh. Can't wait. Patrick. Enzo. So Eric Decker holds it in. The Jets win in overtime. And the New York Giants, given last rights by
1: many in December, are the Super Bowl champs in February. This is NFL Friday. Going long on all news, reaction, and game picks for the Giants, Jets,
0: and across the NFL on WFUV Sports.
2: What is going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of NFL Friday here on this Friday, December 31st, week 17 of the NFL season. Just one more week uh, until the playoffs begin, obviously, we'll have this week and then final regular season week next week, and then the playoffs. It is, of course, uh, New Year's Eve, so a very happy New Year's to all of our faithful listeners. And let's hope as we turn the page to 2022, it'll be a brighter and a better year for our local football teams. It has been a rough year in 2021. It's been a rough decade, five years, whatever you want to say. Uh, But, hey, hopefully 2022, a new year, a new start. And hopefully we can see some better results for the football teams in this town. We'll, of course, be talking about the aforementioned Jets and Giants, who, of course, alluded to, as we do every week on the show, we'll be breaking them down. We'll be doing our weekly Pick'ems segment, running through the slate of NFL games. Some good matchups this week. Look forward to talking about those. And here to do with me, as always, is Mike Messina. Mike, how's it going?
1: I'm doing great. You you took the words out of my mouth. You were saying it's been a rough week for a, a rough year, excuse me, for New York football. And yeah, it's been a rough, what, four or five years. I do well, has I don't
2: been know. a decade I'd say for the Giants.
1: It, it, it seems like it's never, never ending. And it, it look, I feel like what this, what we say on the show about the Jets and Giants every single week is just the same stuff where we're always looking for something good to happen. And thankfully for the Jets, you saw some good play from Zach Wilson last week, 52 yard, run that was pretty sweet broke some tackles here and there ended up scoring and look it's just been it's been a miserable couple of years for for both football teams hopefully going towards 2022 into the future that changes and, and we can start seeing some positive things coming out of new york football team some playoff appearances some super bowl appearances in the near future who knows yeah yeah you shake your head it's it's a long shot but look we, we all have hopes and dreams man and that's what i'm hoping for in 2022.
2: Mike, uh, from, your, your, from your lips to God's ears, let's just hope it happens. You know, you say Super Bowl appearances, you know. I, hey, I, hey, someone can dream. Yeah, I, I hope so. Hey, that's, that's a New Year's wish to have, I think, for all of us. Very good stuff. And, of course, as we do on every edition of this show, we have to provide you with some fantasy football advice. A crucial week, as many of you are in your championship games, myself included, I'm in my championship game right now. The way we do it in my league, we have two weeks of accumulated points per playoff game. So uh, I'm currently in the championship. Let's see if I can pull it off this week. I'm currently ahead, so I hope I can uh, take it home. So the moves you make, I know the moves I make, are going to be crucial this week. And, of course, we need that fantasy football expert. And for us, that is Matt Benzo. Matt, how's it
0: going? I'm doing great. I'm also in my fantasy football championship. Believe this or not, I started this season out 2-7. and I have been won every single game since absolutely insane it's just wow. been a very up and down season not just for fantasy but for the entire nfl too
2: yeah i would i would say so matt for sure definitely a very up and down season and uh fantasy wise it's been pretty fugazi if you ask me i don't know it seems guys have been big bust this year other kinds of stuff going on but we'll get more into some fantasy talk later on in the show so as we always do when i am hosting this program i mean look i'm biased i what can i say Let's get started with the Jets, who, of course, coming off a solid 26-21 victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars last Sunday. They improved to 4-11 and on the year, doubling their win total from last season. So, hey, there's some progress for you. It's not very good progress, but, hey, it's progress nonetheless. The Jaguars are, of course, not exactly world beaters. But what makes this win impressive for me and, and you know, really why I enjoyed the win as a Jet fan, you know, you heard some people saying, Oh, we have to tank, whatever. I'm so done with tanking after last year and the whole Trevor Lawrence thing. So, you know, the Jets had 20 guys on the COVID list. And frankly, this game should have been postponed. But because it was Jets-Jaguars, the league, frankly, I don't think really cared and really wanted to make an effort. So they still played this game. The Jets are missing 20 guys, including some key starters, including Elijah Vera Tucker, the starting left guard, uh, uh, oh, excuse me, Tartif, the starting right guard. Uh, DuVernay Tartif, the guy who they traded for from the Chiefs, are starting right guard. Uh, other guys like Jonathan recklin Myers are missing. Um, you know, so many key starters for the Jets missing. Their head coach, Robert Sala, did not pl- uh, coach this game. Tight ends coach, Ron Middleton, had a fill-in. So really, you know, the Jets were decimated across the board. And just the fact they were able to win this game, it was a very sol- solid overall effort for, on both sides of the ball. Zach Wilson, Mike, you alluded to it in the open, had a great day. Once again, he's up for Rookie of the Week. I don't know by the time, you know, we're recording this, we don't know who wins. Hopefully Zach can get another belt for him. Selfishly, I hope he can get one. You know, he only threw for 102 yards. He did have a passing touchdown, though. Of course, to third-string tackle Connor McDermott, that was pretty crazy. A nice play to see there. He also rushed for 91 yards. And then, Mike, as you mentioned, that 52-yard touchdown run, the longest run by a Jets quarterback in franchise history, the third longest touchdown run excuse me, by a rookie quarterback in NFL history. So a lot to take out of this game, As in case you couldn't tell by all the stuff I was spewing at you. Of course, this week the Jets will be taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home. So, I mean, look, a lot to talk about. I mean, the Jets obviously, you know, have been long since eliminated from playoff contention. But I've said it every week on the show, and I think last week was a good point. It's about the continued development of this team, including especially Zach Wilson. So, Mike, you know, first let's kind of look at this Jaguars game, and then I want to hear your thoughts looking ahead to Tampa. But, you know, any takeaways from this Jets game past Sunday? You know, what do do you think?
1: Yeah, I just like – the mindset that Zach Wilson had going into this game, knowing he had all these guys on the COVID list, a head coach also on the COVID list. And look, when you have another guy coaching your team, who's not the the normal person calling the plays uh, in your ear on the headset, it's much different. That's something that a quarterback and all players, frankly, have to adapt to. And and I think Zach Wilson did a great job. You, You mentioned only throwing for 102 yards, but look, when he did throw the ball, he looked good. 14 for 22, 102 yards. And had that touchdown. And look, the, you saw Zach Wilson use his feet. Like, everyone wants him to do more. And, and look, he looked phenomenal in this game. Um, obviously, some passes missed, some miscues downfield. But for the most part, I think Zach Wilson really got his mind right and had a good week of practice. And they won this game. Yeah, this was kind of a toss-up game, a game no one cares about. But it's confidence moving forward for Zach Wilson. And, and at this point in this career, at 4-11, and 11, can you ask more than – Anything about building Zach's confidence and building building his mindset towards the game and for the playbook and just learning more about football as an NFL starting quarterback for a franchise that that honestly gets so much light and and so much media to them. It's just all you have to look for going forward is confidence and and just knowing Zach Wilson and, and the team as a whole is working together to get better.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, I would also say this, you know, you mentioned Zach Wilson, you know, I would say I, I personally, you know, in watching the game, I didn't really see a lot of miscues. I mean, obviously, you know, a couple weeks ago, a big storyline was the fact that Zach couldn't hit the short stuff. You know, I think since then, the Miami game, especially this game, he, he's shown an ability to make the routine throws. I think he looked very consistent. I don't off the top of my head. Remember any big miscues, dirted balls, you know, some issues he's been having earlier in the year. You know, he had a quarterback rating of 92.4. It was his highest rating, I believe, of the year. So, you know, look, and he didn't do a whole lot, but he wasn't asked to do a whole lot. And that's really because, you know, the Jets as a team, they ran the ball incredibly effectively. You know, you think about the fact that even though they were missing two starters on the offensive line, they still rushed for as a team. 273 yards. They had a 118 yard rusher and Michael Carter, who, of course, has been a stud for them this year. It's the Jets' first 100 yard rusher in several years. You know, I think they haven't had a 100 yard rusher since, I believe, 2018. So, you know, just the fact they were able to do that it's great. Um, you know, so the fact they are running the ball so well, I mean, Zach didn't really have to throw it all over the place. And, you know, I also want to give a shout out uh, to some guys, some other guys on this team. First off, Braxton Barrios, who, frankly, he's a Pro Bowl alternate, should really be a Pro Bowl starter this year. He's number two in return averages. Uh, and all the NFL is for returners. He had a hundred, a hundred plus yard kickoff return this in this game, which was electric. He's also great on pump returns. He made a key third down catch conversion, uh, you know, head onto the ball, took a big hit. It was a big play in the game later in in the the fourth quarter. So, I mean, look, he should be in the pro bowl. In my opinion, just as a returner, I mean, he's obviously a very good receiver. He's going to be a free agent at the end of this year. I really hope the jets resign him and, you know, the defense too. Look, they, they got no pressure on Trevor Lawrence, which is obviously a negative. I mean, they're missing key defensive linemen. So give him, so give him a break there, but you know, they did, and I'll give him credit for this. You know, they had a uh, J I want to shout out one guy in particular, Jason Pinnock, who was a seventh, of, uh, excuse me, a sixth round corner out of pit this year, a very late round pick um, has played special teams has made a lot of special teams mistakes. Uh, you know, when he's played corner, hasn't looked great, doesn't play a whole lot. He was forced into a starting safety role with so many COVID issues, injuries, etc. And he played great. He was like one of the jets highest graded defensive players he looks like he'll be playing safety down the road. The Jets already have a bunch of starters out of this past twenty twenty one draft. I mean, you look at Zach Wilson, obviously Elijah Tucko, Elijah Moore, both Michael Carter's, Brandon Eccles, the corner has been great. You throw in Pinnock, who if he can keep playing safety like this, I mean, you're looking at Joe Douglas getting about six quality starters out of this draft, which is just insane. And that's exactly what you want to see going forward. Um, you know, I don't know, Matt. Do you have any thoughts on the uh, the Jets right now or this game past Sunday?
0: Well, I think the interesting part about these games, like in the second to last week of the season, you know, with teams that are two or three wins, they're going to go out there and fight their butts off because they're auditioning for jobs next year. And as you said, the Jets are just trying to gain some positive momentum going into 2022. And even though they did beat, beat a team that is as bad as the Jaguars, it's, a win is still a win. They don't ask you how, they ask you how many.
2: Yeah, I think it's a good thought for sure, Matt. You know, um, you said you're a Bills fan, uh, you know, before the show. We were doing talking pre-production. So, I mean, I think you know what it's like for the Jets to lose. You've probably seen it a lot. So, it's nice for them to get a win. It's a um,
1: shot towards the Bills right there.
2: No, nah, I mean, no, nah, I'm not taking a shot towards the Bills. I mean, they beat up on the Jets all the time. I mean, he knows what it's like to see a bad Jets team. Um, you know, anyway. Uh, but looking ahead to this Sunday with with the Bucks, you know, Mike, uh, I don't, you know, I mean, look, the defending Super Bowl champs. You know they did go scoreless against the Saints, who the Jets did put some points up. So maybe the transitive property. You know we can maybe there's a shot. Bruce Arians does not look like he's going to coach in this game. I'm I'm a little disappointed. I thought Todd Bowles, the defensive coordinator, he had former Jets head coach, would fill That's in the interim. He is not, unfortunately. It's someone else on the Buccaneers staff. So I was that would have been really fascinating to see a Todd Bowles revenge game. That's not going to happen though. Um, look, we'll get into our picks later, but. Mike, is there any – the Jets have any shot in this game?
1: I mean, no. I mean, like, <laughs> should, they, they don't have a shot, and I don't know another way to put it. Look, I'm looking at the stats right now. I didn't know this. Tom Brady and Zach Wilson both have the same number of interceptions on the season, so that's a positive thing. Yeah, but that,
2: it, Tom Brady has what, like 20 more touchdown passes?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah 37 to 7, yeah, so 30 yeah, exactly. more. Exactly. So, but, but you got you to gotta look at one stat by stat and just take it from there. But, look, this is a game where Zach Wilson can – I mean, from a a defense on the Tampa Bay Bucs that is kind of depleted, and an offense with the Bucks that is kind of depleted right now. Who knows? I guess is there a shot? Sure, but I don't see it happening. But look, this is a game for for more progression for Zach Wilson, more progression for Michael Carter in that defense. Uh, um, C.J. Mosley with I think ten or eleven tackles last game.
2: He's had he's had ten uh, at least ten tackles, and I believe. Uh, I mean, I'm going to say 10 straight games, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it, it,
1: it's another opportunity for him to step up and, and make a name for himself more than he has. And look, it, it's just this Jets team needs to come together and just play play with every ounce of energy and effort they have and go out there and try and win this game. But I don't see it being a close game. I don't see the Jets really having a shot at all. And not a Jets fan myself. I don't know if you have a different opinion, Mike, but I, my guess is you don't. But look, it, it's just... Yeah. You, you can't look for a win this week, in my opinion. You just got to look for progression because, look, the the Bucks are obviously a much better team than, than the New York Jets are. So
2: Yeah, I mean, look, uh, the, the rational, logical, smart part of me says that there's no shot they're going to win this game. I mean, look, the Bucs, uh, there's been a couple stinkers in there from this year, but they've been world beaters for the most part. You know, obviously that Saints game a couple weeks ago was pretty ugly, but Brady just seems to struggle against the Saints in the regular season. So I don't know. That is what it is. I I, I, I mean, Brady obviously made a living. Off of beating up the Jets. Uh, you know, obviously it's a different team now with the Buccaneers, but look, the, the Bucs are an insanely talented team, even without so many starters, especially on the offensive side of the ball. No Fournette, no Mike Evans, no Chris Godwin. You know, I, I still could see them, you know, beating up on the Jets pretty handily in this game. The Jets are just a bad football team. They're four and eleven. You know, they're not the absolute worst team in the league. They've shown a lot of progress, which I appreciate. Uh, But, you know, I I don't see a win happening. They did get a lot of guys off the COVID list activated, which is good for them if they're going to have a chance to keep it close. Barrett Tucker, Duvernay Tartif, both off the COVID list. John Franklin Myers off the COVID list. Ashton Davis off the COVID list. Um, You know, several starters coming off. So that is a positive. That's good to see see those guys play, hopefully. They did lose Tyler Croft to the COVID list starting tight end. Ryan Griffin as well, if I'm not mistaken. So that's going to hurt them a little bit. Not that the tight end position... Has really given them a crazy amount of production, but hey, I I, I don't know. I mean, look, I the, I was I will say this about the Jets: two of their four wins this years this year, excuse me, came against playoff teams in the Titans and the Bengals. So, I mean, look, crazier things have happened. We'll save my pick later though for the picks segment. Uh, before we wrap it up though, Matt, you have any thoughts on this game this Sunday?
0: If I was a Jets fan in your shoes, I would probably and I really want to beat Tom Brady. Obviously, this is the man that embarrassed your franchise twice a year for how many years and trust me i was a part of that too but i'd go to church and pray to whatever god i believe in please just one game but then again remember last year they the jets they i believe it was they were winless so they had one win yes they were winless and, and they're nine and four and they beat the rams in pretty dominating fashion so this is what the jets do at the end of the year they always win these games and end up being not having as high as a draft pick. So who, who knows? It could happen.
2: Yeah. I mean, look, like I said earlier, I'm done with tanking. I could care less. You know, that we tried tanking last year. It's just a waste. So I'm done with that. You know, the Rams game, I went last year. I wouldn't say they, they beat them handily, but hey, they beat them. And you know what, Matt? I hope we can get some of that same positive energy heading into this Sunday with Tampa. All right, let's move on now to the Giants, of course. You know, I will say this about the Giants, and Mike, I don't know if you agree. It's kind of funny. When we started off the year – and look, obviously, as a Jet fan, I have my rose-colored glasses on. It kind of skews my view. But, you know, I said at the start of the year, I would rather be the Jets because I was like, they have a positive direction. They're young. Everyone's on the same track, the coach, GM, quarterback. They're all kind of moving in the direction. There seems to be a plan. The Giants, seem things seem to be tense. And as we, we wrap up the season here, we, we've, we made it through an entire season from the, the previous shows we did back in August. And I think, honestly, I was more, I've been more vindicated in my position that I had at the start. You look now, your, your GM should definitely be gone. Your coach should probably be gone. Your quarterback is going to be gone probably, if not this year, then the next. And you got salary cap issues, major issues, freedom signings haven't panned out. And I'm not saying the Jets are a great team. They're also a 4-1 team, as are the Giants. But it's funny. You look at two 4-1 teams in the Jets and the Giants. The Jets, and look, they're coming off a win, but you know there seems to be some hope. There seems to be some development. There seems to be a plan. You see the arrow pointing forward. With the Giants, I don't know what to think of this team. And even though they're both 4-1 teams, it's, it's the feel is so different. So, you know, I, I would say I would rather be the Jets right now. The Giants are very rudderless. And let's just do a quick recap before I want to hear your thoughts, Mike. You know, of course, the Giants this week were just crushed by the Eagles this past Sunday, 34-10 down in Philly. You know, things were close in the first half. Uh, but You know, the Birds blew things open in the second the Giants have now lost four straight. I mentioned they're 4-11 on the year. Jake Fromm got the start in this one. Giant fans, many Giant fans I know, were clamoring for him to start, and he showed why he shouldn't have been playing. He was ultimately benched. He was only 6-17 for 25 yards, interception, nothing good. Obviously, Mike Glennon wasn't very good either when he came in. Uh, Giants do not have any quarterbacks that are NFL quarterbacks on this roster right now, uh, You know, besides Daniel Jones, but you know he's not exactly a star quarterback. He's also hurt. Um, but the point is, the Giants will be traveling to Chicago this week to take on the equally pathetic Bears. Of course, the Giants own the Bears' first-round pick, so an interesting dynamic there in terms of who do you want to win. Uh, Mike, any thoughts on the Giants right now?
1: Yeah, I mean, same thoughts as last week, same thoughts as the week before. I don't know. I don't know if the news came out after we recorded last week's episode about. The rumors about um, Joe Judge and Daniel Jones after.
2: Yeah, we didn't we didn't get to those, unfortunately. Okay,
1: yeah. So that's what I thought. So, yeah, obviously, the rumors come out. Daniel Jones and head coach Joe Judge are expected to return. And I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know how I feel about it. I mentioned last episode about bringing him back for the year until the better college quarterback class comes into the draft, and then the Giants get another quarterback. But that's not what goes through a general manager's uh, mind when they're keeping their quarterback or moving on from a quarterback. Two years down the line is not what they think of. They're thinking of probably the present right now. And look, do I think Daniel Jones can succeed? I do. But if you're bringing in a new general manager, I do not believe that Joe Judge should have been awarded. If these rumors are true, I guess I, there's still speculations, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Joe Judge should not have been awarded – another year as head coach of this team if what he believes doesn't align with what the new general manager thinks and they just don't connect and intertwine like the two are supposed to do and look Daniel Jones might not be the quarterback that this new general manager wants to to be the backbone of this football team and go out there and try and win some games for him so I just don't understand why this decision had to come so early while this while this season's going on when they don't even have a plan for Dave Gettleman or a plan for who's ever going to take control of him so it just doesn't really make sense it doesn't seem like there's a plan um it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of structure going on right now within this Giants organization it looks like they're lost they don't know what to do last game against the Eagles an absolute mockery uh, of this team I was one of those Giants fans saying why not give Jake from a chance which I still stick to that why shouldn't he have earned like not even earned but what could have been worse by putting out Jake from and Mike Glennon, honestly, Jake Frum's game. He had six or 17, 25 yards. Look, it's sure. It's it's awful. Not what you want. Shouldn't be playing in an NFL game, but I truly don't think we would have had a much better performance than from, from Mike mm-hmm. Glennon than we did with Jake from. And I'm saying that because we've seen it week after week after week, Mike, Fl- uh, uh, Mike Glennon cannot, play quarterback in this league. He shouldn't be even a backup quarterback on this team. Look, he went 17 for 27, 93 yards, a touchdown and interception. But what do we what do fans expect running out Mike Lennon, Jake from game after game after game? Saquon Barkley, another miserable performance for 15 carries for 32 yards. Don't worry, though, the, the the longest he had was seven, so that's a <laughs> right there. Um, Devontae Booker, again, 27 yards, right behind Saquon Barkley, who I said last week is probably the best back on this Giants offense right now, the most dependable back on this Giants roster, that's for sure. Um, look, riddled with r- injuries, COVID, Darius Slade just hit the COVID list. Kadarius Toney isn't looking like he's going to be playing this Sunday against the Chicago Bears. Kenny Galladay said today in a press conference that he's never had a season – um, Without catching a single touchdown And he's got two more games to break that record Right now where he's going touchdownless For the 2021 season Which honestly I can see happening Yeah I can see happening I was at a game where I think it was Three weeks ago Mike Glennon was trying to throw A back shoulder fade to him completely missed it That was probably his best shot All season it was just terribly underthrown And look I, I, I've talked enough I don't know what else to say about this Giants offense This Giants defense it all Looks bad at least the defense is looking all right, Julian Love had a good game against the Philadelphia Eagles, but look, a 34-10 loss to a 4-11 Giants team who just really have not looked good since day one. They had a couple of good games, but man, with what we're running out with with Glennon from Barkley not really doing anything, it's just, it, it's a disaster in the making. It's a disaster for the future if big changes aren't made. And, and clearly the people in charge don't think that there might need to be big changes made considering two of the problems that I see within this organization are expected to return to the team.
2: Yeah, Mike, look, I think you just said everything that needs to be said. You know, I don't really know how much I can add. You mentioned, you know, the GM and the the quarterback and all that. You know, to me, what it sounds like, you know, like like you said, with these rumors, Judge would be back, Daniel Jones would be back. To me, look, Daniel Jones can come back regardless. I just think that you can't make him the starter, at least not from the start. There needs to be some kind of competition, Um, You know, I think, like you said, the quarterback draft class this year is weak. You're looking at next year. So don't jettison just yet. But I think you got to bring in some kind of competition or some kind of competent backup. Obviously, Jake Fromm and Mike Lennon are not those competent backups that you would need next year. Um, And then, you know, Judge and Jones back. So probably Gettleman gone. But that means to me,
1: he's got to be. He's got to be.
2: Yeah. And to me, that just means the fact you're going to keep the quarterback and the coach, probably Abrams is sliding in, which we talked about last week on this show, which to me, that's just, you know, that's putting a bandaid over an amputated leg. I mean, I I don't really understand like, you know how that's going to help. It's a guy coming with and this this organization has had major issues for several years now, and I don't understand how hiring from within is going to solve any of those issues. I know our colleague Andrew Gulata mentioned how Abrams, you know, has been here forever and he was part of the Super Bowl teams, and maybe that's part of it. But, you know, Jerry Reese, you know, he was the GM of the Super Bowl teams. He and uh, Ernie, of course, he was a, super, a GM, of seven, all that, but like. You know I I don't I don't think that those GMs were exactly early, of course he was good, but looking at Jerry Reese, you know, Abrams worked with him. I don't really think Jerry Reese was a great GM either. I, I I think those Super Bowl runs, they were great, and I'm not taking anything away. I would love as a Jet fan to have runs like those, but they weren't sustained success. They were like these miracle runs that were really great, but it wasn't with the Giants ever had like those dynasty teams. And to me, that's always a reflection of the GM, the fact they can't sustain the success. So I don't really think Abrams is the answer. And unfortunately, if there's gonna be any change in the offseason it's going to be him coming in as GM more than likely. I don't really see an outside hire. It's just, even if it is an outside hire, what guy's going to want to be saddled with a quarterback and a coach? The giants are just an absolute mess right now. And, you know, I said it a few minutes ago, I just, there just seems to be no hope. There seems to be no direction. You know, when we do our, our, we do obviously every week on this show, we do a jets talk and a giants talk and oh, I'm a jets fan. So obviously I enjoy the jets talk always, but I think anyone could agree there's always like some kind of forward looking like positive or whatever, no matter how bad the game is, there's something you can take out of, but these giant games, Mike, you said it, like, what else is there to say?
1: There was not one positive that could have been taken out of this Philadelphia Eagles game. Uh, Truly not one. If you can find me one, please correct me. But there was nothing good from, from any major part of this team.
2: No. And it's just, it's just, there's no, there's no positive. There's not like that young player. I mean, maybe it was Andrew Thomas, but I don't think so anymore. There there, there hasn't been like that one. It's just, it's, it's a mess right now with the Giants and I feel bad for giant fans. It it just stinks. Um, You know, and I just don't really see where this organization is going. And finally, Kenny Galladay. I mean, look, the fact that this guy, he was your big marquee free agent signing. He was supposed to be your stud number one receiver. I mean, look, it could be a reflection of the quarterback play you want to say, but he has just been a massive disappointment. And Mike, like you said, I think it's highly probable if not, most likely that he's going to go the year without a touchdown catch. And that is incredibly pathetic. Um, but, you know, let's look ahead to this Sunday with Chicago. I mean, unlike the Jets game, this is two more evenly matched teams. I will say the Bears had the edge in the quarterback department, though, regardless who's starting for them. Um, but, Mike, any thoughts on this game? Uh, any thought chance the Giants can win? I mean, what do you think?
1: Look, if they are winning a game the rest of the season, it's this Bears game. I, like, but, like, 4-11 Giants, 5-10 and 10 Bears, Justin Fields going, Mike Lennon. Oh, well, Joe Judge, excuse me, said expect to see both quarterbacks um, playing. That is,
2: that is just absurd.
1: So, Mike Lennon is going to be starting, and then of, uh, by the sound of it, it sounds like Jake from will be getting some more reps throughout the game as well. And, look, the Bears are a six-point favorite in this game, which, honestly, I kind of feel like it's a little low. I don't know. <laughs> If the giants are going to be able to look, I mean, every single game, the giants in you, I, I, it seems like I look and they have three points, six points, and they can never get above six, 10 points or something like that. And I really just don't see, see that changing within this, w- within this bears game. But this is a toss up for me again. This is pretty much identical to the jets Jaguars for me as the giants bears this week, any one of these teams could win. Justin Fields could come out and throw three interceptions. Like it, like that, that, that's his main job. So who knows, but, these running backs gotta gotta step it up in this game and just gotta run all over this this Chicago Bears defense. I'm pretty sure Khalil Mack's still out, so if he like, yeah, so get passes in in the short game, ten yard passes. Just stop throwing screen passes to Saquon five yards behind the line of scrimmage because he gets tackled every single time. Negative four receiving yards um, last game against the Eagles. It's just the same same play calls, same outcome every single weekend. I don't know why it doesn't sh- I mean. I'm sure there's some method behind this, but it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to a lot of the other people I talk to about it. But quarterback-wise, quarterback, quarterback wise, you mentioned, I think if Daniel Jones is playing in this game, I think the Giants have a better shot to win than the Bears do if if, if we're going off of Daniel Jones and Justin Fields. But with Mike Glennon and Jake From, I completely and utterly agree with you that, that Justin Fields is the better option in this game. But look, it's going to be an okay game. I'll I wish it was a home game. I would like to see I would like to go cover a Giants Bears game for some reason. I just like the culture. Of the world, so I've always, I've always wanted to go see them play, but it'll be a good game. Um, I guess the who's the better of the two worst is going to be what it's called for me.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, uh, you mentioned coverage. Just a quick plug. I will be, of course, at Jets Buccaneers this Sunday. So uh, make sure you check me out on Twitter for all the updates there. My first time seeing Tom Brady live. So that should be interesting. Uh, but, yeah, Mike, um, with this game, Giants-Bears, not a good matchup, two bad teams. I just think the Giants, I mean, might, maybe a Mike Glennon revenge game. I, I I don't think so, though, but, you know, I don't know. But quickly, before we wrap up the segment, uh, Matt, you have any thoughts on uh, the Giants right
0: now or this matchup this Sunday against the Bears? I'll say this one thing, and it'll be really quick. When you are playing the Chicago Bears and the Bears have a better quarterback room than you, you have no chance. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think that Matt, you, you said it's short and
2: sweet and I think you, you put it right on the right. You hit the nail on the head there. I think you're, <laughs> I don't care if it's Nick Foles starting on Sunday or if it's going to be Justin Fields, which I think it will be, uh, yeah, the, the giants are outmatching that department, but all right. So well, that's it for our jets and giants talk, but of course, before we do our pickums, we got to get that fantasy advice in and Matt, you are our fantasy expert this week, of course. So let's start off of course, with the, I would say probably the most important category, the stardoms i guess you could say they're all equally important but let's let's start with the stardoms uh matt who are the two people that fantasy owners should absolutely be starting this
0: week all right so my first one he's a rams receiver he's second he is the other option that's not cooper cup but it's not odell beckham Jr. It's van jefferson and the way that i look at this game is that the ravens their their defense is just demolished by injuries you know, I have absolutely no doubt in my mind that Matt Stafford's going to go out there, try to spread the ball around to Odell, Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson. He's projected 10.1 po- points this week. So I, I think taking the I think he can get he can easily get over that. I remember watching the game against the Cardinals. He had like two catches, but the one catch he had was a 55 yard touchdown. Hmm. And here's your other stardom. My other my other stardom. This one is just purely based on matchup. The Philadelphia defense. I had them actually in fantasy last week, and they got eighteen points. They're playing Washington, and I think that you know, what, look at what just happened to Washington against against Dallas in that defense. They got just absolutely obliterated. And coming off of the performance that Philly had against the Giants, I would I'd start Philly in a lot of, in a lot of situations.
1: You you said something about that Dallas game. And I kept seeing all these tweets last week about what well, was like, I think it was like 56-7 or whatever the score was. But I saw four back-to-back-to-back-to-back tweets about how the Cowboys scored more points in, in, in one quarter than the Giants did the entire month of December. How they scored more points the entire half than the Giants did in December. It was just so embarrassing to read these tweets, how, how the Dallas really outscored in one game the Giants in the entire month of December. Like, what is, like That doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah,
2: Mike, I mean, that's funny, you know, for me. And, you know, first off, Matt, your picks there. I think there's definitely some solid advice. Uh, You know, I would say the thing is, for me, watching that Cowboys-Washington game, I tweeted it out. Like, once again, another primetime game. That was just absolute garbage. Like, I don't remember a season. And, Mike, you can correct me if I'm wrong. You know, it seems like every week. I don't care. Well, Thursday night football always thinks, but I don't care if it's Sunday night football, Monday night football. Maybe not the whole, I, it feels like it's been the most of the season. Maybe it hasn't been, but it definitely at least for the last month or so, month and a half, two months maybe, we have not had like a single competitive or exciting primetime game. I mean, it's just been absolutely brutal. And then you, you know, you, it's it, it's Christmas. Uh, was that game on Christmas? No, was that the sun? No, that wasn't the Christmas game. That was just a Sunday yeah. game. But the, it, my point is, you know, it's Christmas weekend at least. You want to put on a good game. Sunday night football, you know, obviously this isn't, you know, Washington Cowboys of like the nineties or the seventies or something, but Hey, we want a good game. And you just to see that it just, it's so frustrating as a football fan, but you know, look, I understand when they schedule these games, they do it before the season starts. They don't really, they're guessing who's going to be good. They don't really know for sure. Disappointing, but you know, look, hopefully next year we can get some better primetime games. All right, let's get back to the fantasy talk though. Matt, who are your two for this week?
0: All right. So my first one is Chase Claypool. And this this past like month, I think he's just been awful. He's not really getting a lot of cut. Actually, after that Minnesota game where there was thirty seconds on the clock and he celebrated oh, yeah. the first down, he's just been awful since then. And I, the only reason that I could possibly see starting him is because they're playing Monday night and you get and you have that window to get to have that Monday night miracle. For me personally, I just think he's had a disappointing season all around. Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, he's cooked. He's got two games left in his career, most likely. So I think that if you're going to want to start a Pittsburgh Steeler, start Deontay Johnson. That would be the one that I would choose out of that receiving core.
2: Okay, cool. And then who's your other sim?
0: My other sit would be Noah fan to the Denver Broncos. And ever since Teddy Bridgewater got hurt, you know, they have to go, they have to go back to Drew Locke. And no, no offense to him, but he's just not a good N- NFL starting quarterback. And when you don't have a starting quarterback, the receivers and the tight ends and the running backs, they're not going to put up as many as as many points. And even though he's projected 8.8 points, I just don't see him coming anywhere close to that.
1: Yeah, I chase Claypool is a guy that I did. I I said last week for my sit. I mean, she's a guy I, I, I say sit every single week. I just don't really think he's that good of a player. But I changed my mind for this week. Last home game for Ben Roethlisberger, you have to imagine he's gonna come out wanting to throw the ball to someone. And I just think Chase Claypool is gonna have more opportunities in this game than most to get the ball just because Ben Roethlisberger is trying to go out with the bang, might make the playoffs, might not be a might be the last game at at in, in Pittsburgh. So I think he's gonna have a game. And um, I honestly think that Chase Claypool will probably be within 20 points, just like the Minnesota game, like you mentioned.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, I think Matt, I think your logic behind both your picks is pretty solid. You know, I'm no fan. of I'm no, I, I don't really start. You know, I got burned by Juju a couple years ago. I'm not a big fan of any Steelers receiver, um, I I especially with here, Big, especially with Big Ben these past couple of years. Just you know, not, I don't know, not reliable. Mike, I do think you bring up a good point though. Uh, with you know ben looking to go out with a bang I, I will say though it could be like a kobe final game where it's like mm-hmm. oh yeah he got 60 points but he's like shooting 30 percent from the field because he's, he's just doing everything <laughs> like i can see ben yeah maybe he has some touchdown passes but have like five interceptions because he's just chucking it all over the place but hey whatever happens whatever whatever happens the two good uh, sit and picks matt and then finally of course i think this is especially vital for those in a championship game you know, what makes or breaks a fantasy team, I say it every week, is that sleeper pick, the guy that not everyone's really looking at. So who is your sleeper
0: pick this week? My sleeper pick is Dal- Dalton Schultz. And I'm going off of this one as a matchup as well. The Cardinals, you know, Cliff Kingsbury teams, you know, from the time he was at Texas Tech, have just completely fallen apart down the stretch. And that's what has- what's happening to the Cardinals right-, right now. I think he's going into a very favorable mat- matchup. He's going up against a Cardinals team that's desperate to try to, you know, clog the holes in the sinking boat. But I just don't think that the Cardinals can. can. And Dalton Schultz, you know, no one's going to be guarding guarding him or covering him. They're gonna they're gonna be looking at Ceedee Lamb. They're gonna be looking at Zeke. They're gonna be looking at Amari Cooper. They're gonna be looking at Michael Gallup and Tony Pollard. So I just think think that he's going to be the fifth option. Dak's always going to be looking there because. I've seen it so many times this season, they get in the red zone and he just throws a lob right up to Dalton Schultz and he comes down with it for a touchdown.
1: Yeah, yeah Dalton know, like, Schultz have had sorry, Mike, Dalton Schultz have had hard. two straight weeks of over 20 plus points in fantasy. So you have to imagine that a tight end isn't gonna get three huge games in a row. But hey, I, I agree with you. He is gonna be a fifth option for Dak. It seems like Dak has unlimited options to throw the ball to, whether it's Tony Pollard, Zeke, um CD Lamb. Anybody that's on that field, it seems like, is open for Dak Prescott. So, hey, I like that pick. Let's see if you can do it three times in a row.
2: Yeah, uh, good pick. It's solid logic. Things make a lot of sense. Uh, overall, good stuff, Matt. Appreciate you on the fantasy segment. I think it's some good fantasy advice for our listeners, and hopefully it pays off. Oh, of course, with our fantasy segment concluded now, though, let's move over and do our weekly pick segment. A lot of games to get into, a lot of games to run down. Looking forward to it. Let's get started here with Philly at Washington. Mike, who do you got?
1: I have Philly in this game. I just think Philly's a better team. Washington coming off that embarrassing loss to the Cowboys in prime time, like we previously mentioned. And I think Philly's just rolling right now. Jalen Hurts is potentially one of the best fantasy quarterbacks there have ever been. And look, I think that's just going to continue. And they're fighting for a wild card spot. And I, and I think they're going to be able to get that spot with the win over, over the football team.
0: Matt? Yeah, I also got got the Eagles. They're coming off a pretty solid all around win against the Giants, and uh, Washington's coming off of a terrible loss against the Cowboys.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, I just kind of echo what you guys said. I mean, Philly red hot right now. They're they're holding up to that final wild card spot in the NFC. I, I like them to be a playoff team, whether or not they're going to do anything in the playoffs. That's that's another you know comment or thought to have. Uh, but look, they're red hot. You guys won't mention that ugly game against the Cowboys for Washington. Give me Philadelphia as well. All right, next up, Rams at Baltimore. Mike.
1: Yeah, I'm going Rams on this one. They're the better team. Baltimore's defense is absolutely destroyed. Lamar Jackson has did not practice again yesterday or today. So I'm going to go the Rams, one, because the Ravens are beat up, and two, like always, they are a much better team. And this is a time where Matt Stafford's starting to heat up, and it looks like he is, so rolling with them.
0: Matt? If Lamar Jackson was healthy, I'd say that the Ravens have a slight possibility of winning, but like you said, he hasn't practiced in the past few days. I got the Rams.
2: Yeah, I mean, I hate to be a broken record. I also have the Rams for much of the same reasons. Um, you know, if, if Baltimore was fully healthy and had Lamar, maybe I would go then, but the Rams are kind of putting it back together. They were, they were kind of falling off there for a bit, but they're a hot team. And, you know, look, I love Josh Johnson. He, he's my guy, Jets quarterback legend. But, uh, yeah, I hope he does well. But I think it's going to be the Rams. All right, next up, Tampa
1: Bay at the Jets. We talked Like, about- I'm, I'm reading the this this, this spreadsheet right now. I can't believe what's under your name right now. <laughs> I, I, I can't believe you're <laughs> yeah, here. Okay, I mean, look, I got to do it. We'll get
2: to that. In this- uh, look, you, just, you called me out, so I got to say it. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, Tampa Bay at Jets. I'm putting down the Jets. Are they going to win? 99.9%, no, they are not going to win. But, look, it's the final two weeks of the season. I'll, it's the last game I will be covering of the Jets this year for FGV. You know, it's it's going to be a bittersweet moment for me. It's been a great season. I've enjoyed covering the team. And, look, Tampa Bay, a lot of injuries. I don't know. I'm just – you know, last week, I, you know, with this team, I, I want them to win. You know, sometimes I put in the other team for a mush, reverse mush. You know, it doesn't work. You know, I just – I want the Jets to win. Why not pick them? Is it super likely? Of course not. Is it logical? No. But hey, give me the Jets. Mike, I know you're going to pick Tampa, but go
0: ahead. Yeah, Tampa Bay. I don't really have much to say there. Obviously a better team. I pick Tampa too. I respect going with your heart though, Mike. I, I, I appreciate that. Not a lot of fans do that. Yes. Well,
2: anyone who has ever worked with me at this station, I know this is our first time working together, but Mike knows this well. Anyone who's ever worked with me or listened to this show or anything I've ever done knows I'm a very passionate go with your heart kind of guy when it comes to my teams. And Hey, I got to go with the jets. All right, next up I'll give a logical pick Miami at Tennessee. Mike,
1: i have miami miami's rolling um they they they're doing everything they need to do in order to to knock the patriots out of a playoff spot and and take that spot and look two is just looking good this entire offense is looking good i'm gonna go miami in this one i'm not really too sure what tennessee is bringing to the table injury wise so i'm gonna take miami
0: yeah i also got got miami you know this is a real test for the dolphins you know if you look at that seven game winning streak the opponents that they've beaten outside of baltimore yeah, they're really not not that good. And, you know, you're going up against a team that right now they're leading the AFC South and they control their own destiny in winning the AFC South. And I think this would be a big statement win if Miami can pull it off. And I, I think that they can.
2: Yeah, look, I, I get Miami. I think it's a solid pick. Um, you know, I don't know. To me, when it comes to really long win streaks at a certain point, the team always has to kind of falter at one point. And, you know, Tennessee, look, it's at home for the Titans. I, I can see this going either way, but just to be a bit of a contrarian, I don't know. I It always seems when the team, like I said, they, they rattle up seven in a row, they're just going to falter at some point, maybe a little cocky after that that New Orleans win. And frankly, you know, when they played the Jets a few weeks ago, they, they, they were honestly, for the most part, lucky to win. The Jets should have won that game, and they, they, they frankly, because they're young and inexperienced, they, they, they made too many mistakes in the second half. But I don't know, it just gonna me Tennessee, a little variety for us. All right, next up, Jacksonville and New England, Mike.
1: Yeah, New England. I feel like that's the only logical answer here. Jacksonville is the morale has to be low coming off that Jets lost last weekend, so I just I don't see them really winning anything for the rest of the season. And Mac Jones needs to start playing better, so I feel like this is a good game for him to to pick it up and get back to what he was doing in the middle of the season.
0: When Bill Belichick goes up against the rookie QB, oh there's his helmet's gonna be on the field at the end of the game. I got New England.
2: Uh, yeah, New England again, just far better team. Jacksonville, like Mike said, I don't think they're winning the game the rest of the year. All right, next up, the Raiders at the Colts. Matt, who do you like in this game?
0: I'm I'm going with the with the Colts. You know, no Carson Wentz, but they still have Jonathan Taylor, and in my opinion, he is the NFL MVP. And if they run that offense through him, I think they can win this game, and that's why I have the Colts.
1: Uh, Mike. Yeah, I got, I got the Raiders in this one. Um, whether Carson Wentz is playing or not, I just think they're going to be able to stop wherever he throws the ball, and they'll eventually be able to stop Jonathan Taylor so he doesn't have a 5, five touchdown game. And I also don't think he's the MVP. I think Rodgers is the MVP, but that's a discussion for a, another time. But I got the Raiders in this one.
2: Yeah, uh, with Wentz being out, give me the Raiders. Not that Wentz is, you know, uh, top-five quarterback, but – I don't know. It's just uh, that, that, that situation would bother me a little bit. The Colts are red hot. I love Jonathan Taylor, of course, but look, the Raiders, they're fighting for a playoff spot too right now. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe that gives them a little extra motivation. Give me the Raiders. All right. Next
0: up, Kansas city at the, uh, the Bengals. Excuse me, Matt. I just think the Bengals, uh, not the Bengals, the chiefs are too hot right now. I got to go with the chiefs.
1: Yeah. I'm going to take Cincinnati. Joe Burrow coming off a 500 yard touchdown performance. Um, 500-yard touch, 500-yard passing performance last week. So I'm just going to ride with them. That entire offense is hot right now, and he has unlimited weapons out there on the field. And it seems like whenever he needs them to, all three guys step up, whether it's T. Higgins, whether it's Jamar Chase. Everyone steps up. So whether this Chiefs defense is is hot, whether they're bad, I'm going to take the Bengals in this one.
2: Yeah, look, I'm just hoping for a high-scoring game. I, I have Travis Kelsey. I have Jamar Chase. I just want some points for my fantasy team. That being said, you know, it's funny, the Chiefs, I still don't look at them as, you know, a favorite to win the Super Bowl, but from those early season, you know, struggles, they've been on a roll. And, you know, I know the Bengals had a great game last week, but I don't know, the Chiefs, uh, I don't know, just a gut feeling, give me the Chiefs in this game. All right, next up, we talked about this game a little bit, the Giants at the Bears, Mike.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm stuck. I want to do it. I don't want to do it. I'm just going to, I'm doing the Giants.
0: Giants are winning. See, there you go. You got to respect it. Trying to win the game. Oh, there you go, Matt. I said it earlier in the show that Bears have better QBs, and that should be alarming. That's why I'm going with the Bears. Yeah, I just echo what
2: Matt says. I just the Giants quarterback situation. I don't remember an uglier duo of quarterbacks in recent memory than Jake Fromm and Mike Glennon. It's just putrid. So for that reason, I have to take the Bears, and it's in Chicago, which obviously helps them a little bit. All right,
0: next up, Atlanta at Buffalo. Matt, you're the Bills fan. Who do you got? No one on planet Earth circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. I got them in this game. All right.
1: Yeah, agree with that one. I mean, think the I, I love Atlanta when they're facing other teams and the spread's not as high, but I think Buffalo's going to win this game by a lot. I think Josh Allen's trying to prove something that they are the best team in the AFC. So got to take the Bills in this one.
2: Yeah, I mean look, uh give me the Bills as well. Just Buffalo far away the better team. It's in Buffalo, which I think is a huge factor, especially this time of year. Atlanta's not very good. Coming off a big win with New England, give me the Bills. All right, next up, the Texans
1: at the 49ers, Mike. Is Jimmy Grappolo playing? Uh no. Okay, okay, I'm gonna take Dave. I'm gonna take the Texans in this one then. For some reason, Davis Mills always comes through with a big performance when I always doubt him, so I'm just gonna take him. Alright, so I
2: just looked it up. I was pretty sure that he was not playing. The latest report I have here, it says Grappolo is confident he can play. Whether or not that means he will play is another factor. It's up in the air, bottom line. Uh, either way... 49ers. I mean, Alright. Either way, I'll share my pick in a second, but Matt, if you like. Uh,
0: I'm going with the, with the 49ers, too. I mean, Houston, yeah, they came off that honestly shocking victory over the, over the Chargers la- last week, but... You know, it felt like they had lightning in a bottle that game. So I think that the Niners are going to go to the game is in San Francisco. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's it, a, yeah,
0: it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm going with the Niners. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, like you said,
2: Texans, big upset win. But I might be a product of the Chargers being very consistent as they've been at times this year. I mean, look, Trey Lance earlier in the year was in a lot of packages and then kind of took a seat on the bench. So if he does play in this game, I don't know if he'll be ready per se, but I don't know. Gut feeling it's in San Francisco. Give me the 49ers. All right, next up, Denver at the Chargers. Mike?
1: Yeah, Chargers are winning this game. They're a much better team, um, and they're coming off that embarrassing loss to the Texans, like like was just mentioned. So I'm going Chargers in this one. I think Justin Herbert is trying to prove something, and I, and I think he's going to be able to help his cause in this one.
0: Matt? I also, I also got the Chargers. You know, this is a game where they need to, pr- they need to prove something. They need to prove that last week was just a fluke because of COVID. And you know, what better way than beating a divisional rival than proving that, you know, you can, you can make a playoff run.
2: Yeah. Uh, look, the Chargers are on paper a better team. You know, it's taking place at LA. Not that that's a home field advantage at all, but it's better than playing in Denver. And also, looks like Drew Locke could play this game. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. So, yeah, I, I just think the Chargers are the better team. Give me the Chargers. All right, next up, Panthers at Saints. Mike.
1: Yeah, I don't really think it's a great game. I don't have confidence in the Saints' quarterback abilities, but I also don't have confidence in the Panthers' abilities at quarterback. Matt Rule said that Sam Darnold is the starting quarterback, so I'm just going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say the Panthers are going to win this one. Um, they're they're going to beat the Saints. And it's going to be that. I don't think it's going to be too much of an exciting or high-scoring game.
0: I have the Saints, but like I said, like, you know, Mike said, you know, the Saints quarterback situation is, you know, rocky. So if it's Ian Book starting again, then Carolina's going to win. But if he's not, I think the Saints can pull it off.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, my bottom line is this. Last Sunday, you look at the the game against the Buccaneers – and you know, uh, with the with the Panthers, I mean, and you had chance of fire, Matt Rule, Sam Darnold did not look good. Uh, it's just an absolute mess there in Carolina. Uh, I think you know it's crazy to see you know they were red hot to start the game the first few weeks and the season, excuse me, the first few games, and they've just been abysmal ever since. Cam has not panned out being down there, and now Sam starting again. It's just it's a mess. And then you look at the Saints. Not that I really think they have a good quarterback situation either, but. Look, Taysom Hill—he's off the COVID list. He'll be starting for them probably. I trust him more than Sam Darnold, if I'm being honest right now. You know, give me give me the give me the Saints. All
0: right, next up, Detroit at Seattle, Matt. I got the Detroit, Detroit Lions. I mean, they can't finish with just two wins. I mean, that's just not fair. I don't think the football gods are that cool, so that's why I'm going with the Lions. And this is actually a winnable game for them, believe it or not.
1: Yeah, I'm going with the Seahawks. I think they're a much better team than the Lions, and they're a much better team. I said it last week. They, they're they a much better team than they are on paper, in my opinion, but Russell Wilson is just not having a good season. But I feel like this is a game where he can kind of bounce back, have a good game, and then kind of shut those talks up. But I think Seattle is going to win this one in a route.
2: Yeah, Uh. look, give me the Seahawks, too. I mean, I, Matt, like you said, I think this is a winnable game for Detroit because Seattle is not very good this year, but – it's in Seattle, the 12th man. That's a big difference. I just—I think Detroit, I don't know. The football gods are cool. I mean, this is a franchise that went 0-16 one year. So, I mean, give me the Seahawks. All right, next up, Arizona at Dallas.
0: Matt. Uh, I'm, I'm going with, with Dallas. Arizona, they they don't – I've seen absolutely nothing from them since they were 10-2. That shows me that they know how, what to, to do to fix what's going on.
1: Yeah, I'm going with the Cardinals. Um, I don't think, what What are they at? I'm trying to look it up right now. They lost three in a wall already. Is that what it is? Yeah, three, they're 10-5. Yeah, they're not, they're not losing four games in a row, um, whether that's against the Cowboys or against the Lions. I just think they're going to be able to win this game in a very close one. I just don't think four in a row is um, um, reasonable for this Cardinals team right now.
2: Yeah, Mike, you just mentioned it. I mean, they've lost three in a row already. They're a reeling team. And because of that, that's why I'm picking the Cowboys. I just, once again, you know, Matt mentioned it earlier in the show, the, the Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury teams tend to falter later in the season. And we seem to have another case of that here in Dallas coming off that massive win against the Washington football team. Not that they're any good, but hey, you blow a team that bad, got to give you some confidence. So give me the Cowboys. All right, next up, the Sunday Night Football matchup, a NFC North Classic, Minnesota at Green Bay. Unfortunately, though, Minnesota's pretty not that great, so we're going to have another bad primetime game, but I digress. Mike, who you like?
1: Yeah, Packers. Uh, um, just They're just a better team. I don't have any confidence in the Minnesota Vikings or Kirk Cousins, but I do have confidence in Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams. So for those three very good reasons right there, I'm going with the Packers winning this game. And, I, and like you said, I don't really think it's going to be a good game.
0: No. no. I mean – Every time Aaron Rodgers gets to play an NFC North North team, it's almost like he gets a bye week. So I got the Packers today.
2: All right. And I will go with the Packers as well. I mean, pretty obvious this far away, the better team. The Packers, quite honestly, are the class of the NFC this year. So give me the Packers. And then last up, the Monday night football matchup, the Browns at the Steelers, Big Ben's last home game. If I'm not mistaken, we mentioned that earlier in the show. Matt, who
0: you like in this game? I actually got got the Browns in this one. I think they're gonna come out and want to play spoiler. You know, this is this is the man who who owned their franchise for his entire career up until like a year year ago, and they they want to send them off in the right way to them, not to the Steelers. So that's why I got Cleveland. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think the Browns are the much better team, and I think any fan of football. Other than Steelers fans would think the Browns are a better team than the Steelers, but I you got to go with Big Ben on, on on his um, last potentially last home game of his career before retirement. You just I'm just gonna gonna take the Steelers in this one out of respect to Big Ben.
2: Uh, Look, I have no respect for the Big
1: Ben, so yeah, I don't no want... none at all. But for the retirement game, I do. No, I get it. I get it.
2: Uh, I don't. My decision isn't you with Big Ben. It's more than the fact that I think Cleveland was just abysmal, at least Baker Mayfield was last week against the Packers. I mean, look, oh, the refs, six. the refs did not call a good game. I thought they were pretty unfair to the Browns, a couple missed PIs. I thought down the stretch there were that were crucial, regardless, Baker Mayfield throwing four interceptions. I mean, that is just not a good look. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what to make of Baker these days. I just think he's a mess. I don't know what to make of the Browns. They're probably making the playoffs. I don't think Pittsburgh's going to make the playoffs probably, but I don't know. It's at home for the Steelers. And because I don't trust Baker at all after that last game, give me Pittsburgh. All right. Well, that is going to do it for our Pick'em segment. And that is going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much for joining us. You can listen to the show every week on iTunes, Spotify, Sports.org, excuse me, or wherever you get your podcasts for Mike Messina and Matt Benzo. I'm Michael Legan, wishing you all a very happy and healthy new year. Here's to a brighter 2022 for New York football. NFL Friday is a production of WFUV Sports.